Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to part four of our year-end series, Overflow. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Luke chapter seven, Jesus has just entered Capernaum. It says in verse two there, a centurion's servant. A centurion is just a Roman soldier. A centurion's servant whom his master valued highly, who was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus, and so he sent some elders of the Jews to ask him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and he's built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, he was not far from the house, Jesus that is, when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That's why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, I say, and he goes. I say to one, come, and he comes. I say to one, do this, he does that. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he says, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. I want to call this message, what do I deserve? What do I deserve? You guys can take a seat this morning. You can clap your hands for the word of God. So glad that uh, you guys could be here. Thank you so much to our worship team. Uh, You guys are amazing just for leading us in worship. Uh, Today is a super special day. Today is our final service of 2022. Let me preface that. Final Sunday service of 2022 because next week, come on somebody, is Christmas Eve. And uh, next Saturday night, we got two services to choose from, 4 p.m., 6 p.m. So listen, if you have not got a ticket, reserve your ticket. It's gonna be amazing. If you have someone in your family, friends, that you want to be there, get them there. It's going to be an amazing evening. Can I see you all at Christmas Eve? Come on. Uh, But before Christmas Eve, today we get to finish and conclude our Overflow series. And can you just, anyone, just make some noise if you guys have been here for for this series? I'm just excited to, to be able to share some of the goodness that Jesus has poured into this house. And uh, if you guys are new or, or visiting, uh, today is the, is the finish, the conclusion of our series that we've gone through for the last month. And we finish every single series, uh, every single year, I should say, um, with a faith series. And the series concludes, today is the conclusion, um, with a time of giving and generosity. And so at the end of the service today, you guys probably should have seen already on your seat, there's an envelope and there's a card. And by the end of today, we have the opportunity to respond. And, and one of them is a response, and one of them is a declaration of faith for what God is going to do. And so um, I'll explain all of that later, but hopefully you guys saw the card on your chair as you came in. But uh, I'm just excited for today because today we truly get to respond to the goodness of Jesus. 
Um, and so I really believe, like, I am going to share today, but I think the most powerful message is going to be preached by all of us that come together and give. But um, before that, I will share a little bit with your permission. Can I share just a little bit? Okay. Um, thank you so much. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you guys know, for the last couple of months uh, in our household, uh, we've kind of had, like, some sicknesses that are just going around. And it's really weird. It kind of seems like it's going around in a circle. Like, it's, like, better not better, and just, it never really gets better. It's been a great two months. Um, and one of the things that you need to understand about me, now when it comes to sicknesses, I'm pretty good. Like, I can do a cold, uh, sore throat, runny nose, like, I can do all that stuff. The one thing I'm not as good at is when I get the flu. Any of you guys ever get the flu before? And so this last week, on Monday, I got the flu. And uh, you need to understand something. I'm a man of the Lord. <laughs> and so when I get sick, it's actually demonic <laughs> what happens to me. I'm just prefacing that. Like when I get the flu, it's a demonic flu. And uh, I, can't, I just can't do the stomach thing. But I had the stomach thing earlier this week. Praise be to Jesus, my stomach's feeling better. But um, in the midst of the flu and that kind of sickness, I have a phrase that I can't help but saying every single time I get sick. And I kind of, I just shout it, I declare it to the heavens, and I just say, I don't deserve this. <laughs> you guys ever been there? <laughs> like when you get sick, like, I don't deserve this. Like what did I do to deserve this? Now listen, I understand. I know some of you guys have been through some things this year. And so you're saying, what do you mean, Harrison, your little flu? I'm just telling you guys what I say when I get the flu is I don't deserve this. Now, I just, I, and, and I share that story, kind of a funny story, but I know in life, um, you guys and all of us have probably been in moments before where we've just asked ourselves, like, hey, I don't deserve this. You guys ever been there? Like, what did I do to deserve this? And as I said, I know some of us, like, we've been through harder things this year. Some of us, it's like, literally, like, man, I, I don't deserve what I'm going through. For others of us, perhaps your worst plight this year was the flu, and I get you. But what I want to do today is I actually want to begin to answer the simple question, what do I deserve? That's all I want to do today. I want to answer the question, what do I deserve? And so I think that by the end of this morning, what I want us to see is the answer to this question. And the answer to this question is actually good news. So uh, as I said, I don't have a long message this morning, but I really just do want to share and answer this question. So can we get going this morning? You, you good? <laughs> Amazing. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7, we just read it off the top, but I'll give you just a little context. Um, the story is about a centurion and his servant. Now, a centurion, as I said, is a Roman soldier. And um, a centurion was a specific type of Roman soldier that was in charge of 100 soldiers. Hence the name, like, Centurion Century 100. And so they uh, were a high-ranking Roman official. Now, by no means were they the highest officials in all the land. They weren't kings or rulers, but they were still a decently high-ranking official. And so this Roman official is essentially kind of who the story revolves around. And that's kind of all the context that we need. And what I want to do today, kind of similar to last week, I just want to read the story 
and kind of pull some things out. Can I do that today? So Luke 7, verse 1, it says, When Jesus had finished teaching the people that were listening, um, to all the people that were listening, he then entered Capernaum. And there, a centurion servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. So Luke here is painting us a picture. And essentially what we see is this. We have the Roman soldier, the centurion, who has a servant. Now, as we read this verse here, there is one thing that is common and one thing that is not so common. The thing that is common is that in this time, any really high-ranking Roman official, and even a, a pretty much like a middle-class person a lot of times in Rome, would have a slave. So to have a slave, to have a servant at this time was normal. You guys following? That part was normal. In this culture, in this day and age, everyone had a slave. What isn't normal and what's uncommon Hello. That's not our garage door, though, is it? No, it's not. It's not. You, the, the light would be shining in. We're good, Jake. We are good. I promise you. I promise you we're good. <laughs> Come on, let's give it up for Jake. <laughs> Maybe the snow is getting removed. Who knows? Anyways, back to what, that was an uncommon sound. That's why I was, kind of threw me off. thought the, the Lord was coming back. Um, then it'd be a really good church service. Come on, somebody. Um, what was common was having a servant. There's something, though, that Luke wants us to see that is uncommon. And what that is is when he says that the servant had a, the, sorry, the centurion had a servant whom he valued highly. So most people had servants, but most people did not value their servants highly. In fact, in Roman culture, to have a slave was literally to have a piece of property. And so in Roman culture, like literally, if your slave died, you didn't have to tell anyone. If you killed them, it wasn't even a crime. They are your property. You do with them what you want. And so this servant is sick. And so most of the time, a Roman official would see this, like my servant is sick. You want to know what he would do? He would let him die, and then he'd get another one. That was basically it. But what Luke's trying to let us know is that this centurion, this Roman official, is different. He's different. Everyone following? But here's the biggest clue in terms of the character of this centurion. Verse three, it says that he had heard of Jesus, and so he sent some of the elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this. Someone say deserves. This man deserves to have you do this because he, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So this is highly unusual here. We need to understand this part. Romans and the Jews, they had a complicated relationship in the first century. But many times, especially officers, a Roman officer and a Jew generally weren't the best of friends. But what we see here is that these Jewish leaders, not only are they okay with the Roman soldier, they are literally speaking on his behalf, saying, listen, Jesus, you ought to. This man deserves for you to heal his servant because he loves our nation and he has built our synagogue. What I want to do today is I want to look at this story because we're about to see a tale of two perspectives. On one hand, we have the Jewish officers and the Jewish leaders, I should say. And the Jewish leaders are saying to Jesus, this 
man deserves to be healed. He deserves it. That's one perspective. And I want to stick on this perspective for just a moment. And I know that it is for this Roman soldier, it is someone else speaking on his behalf. But I want us to ask ourselves a question when it comes to how many times we come before Jesus. Do you guys ever kind of do what they're doing where you bring your resume to Jesus? And it's like, you know what, Jesus? Like, you deserve, I deserve for you to answer my prayers. Because like this year, you guys ever do this? Because like this year, I went to church 27 times, which is 51%. And so like I deserve for you to hear my prayers. For some of us, like it's like this year, Harrison, um, or Jesus, hopefully you don't pray to me. Um, this year, like I began to serve for the very first time in my life. And I served like every single weekend. I went downtown. I fed the homeless. I did all, like Jesus, I deserve for you to answer my prayers. You guys ever been there? You guys, anyone other than me ever bring a resume to Jesus? Like, listen, I planted a church, Jesus. Like, I deserve it. And what's funny is I think in this kind of, this, 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 this whole idea of what I deserve, a lot of times we have this almost consumer mindset where it's like, well, whatever I put in, I deserve to get something out. And I think many times this bleeds into our lives, even when it comes to church. Maybe you didn't know this because I know, and listen, I'm about to say something, but don't take offense because I love notebooks and I encourage you to take notes. And if you don't take notes, you're wasting your time. Come on, somebody. But a lot of times, when we come to church, we come with a mindset, like, I'm just going to receive. Just going to receive. Hopefully the pastor has a good word. Hopefully the music is good. Hopefully they sing exactly what I want them to sing. And I'm going to write down all the stuff that Jesus gives to me. And maybe you didn't know this, but the primary reason that we come to church is not actually to receive. It's to give. Come on, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Especially those of you guys that come at 1015. I love you. Just listen to me. The primary reason that we come to church is to give. And I love today because we're about to give back to the God that's given us everything. But did you know that worship is the holiest of times in this whole thing because we're actually giving Jesus something? But I think we have this mindset sometimes. It's that, that resume mindset, that consumer mindset. Like, I deserve this. I'm ready, Lord. Bless me. But as I said, this story is a tale of two perspectives. So we got the first perspective, the Jewish officials saying, this man deserves it. He deserves it. Verse 6, so Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent his friends to Jesus. He says, with the message that he sends, his Lord don't trouble yourself. I love this part. For I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. So we get two different perspectives. On one hand, we have the crowd 
saying, this man deserves it. And on the other hand, we have the soldier. And he says, Jesus, and, and I love this part. He says, the reason I even sent people in the first place was because like, I, didn't, I, I didn't even deserve for you to be in my presence. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Now, we're going to read the whole story, but I want to just skip for a second to Jesus' response because I love this. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And turning to the crowd, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel. And so what he's saying, because Israel, for context, is kind of like the people that are supposed to understand everything. They're supposed to be worshiping God. This Roman soldier, man, he doesn't know anything about God. He's like, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. But as I was reading this story, and I read it about two months back, and I just felt that the Lord said, like, this is going to be the, the message that you're going to share in, in the series at the end of the year. But I just thought, like, how crazy is it that we, as people, can do something to amaze Jesus? Isn't that wild? We can amaze Jesus. But here's the good news, because I think a lot of times, because here's what amazes him is, is faith. If you want to amaze Jesus, have faith. But I think a lot of times what we do is we confuse faith with self-belief. Let me pack that out a little bit. Because we think many times that like what impresses God is if we do crazy things. Right? Like if I, if I give a little bit more or if I go on a mission trip or if I, if I do something, like that is going to amaze Jesus. That is what faith is. But a lot of times, if we're really being honest, the most faithful things that we do, at least the, the most faith-filled things that we do or at least that we think that we're doing, a lot of times what we're really doing is just believing in ourselves. And we're taking those steps, those plunges, like I, I think he's going to be impressed. I think he's going to be impressed. And if I do this, and, and listen, we're just getting real honest today, because maybe it's not top of the head, but like when we get a little bit deeper, it's like if I do this, like then he's going to bless me. Then he's going to come through. Then I'm going to get the raise. Then I'm going to get the husband. Then I'm going to get the wife. Then I'm going to get the house. That's like deep down, right? On the surface, it's like, no, I have great faith. But here's the coolest thing. Because we can amaze Jesus, but Jesus isn't amazed by how much you give or how often you show up. What amazes him in this story is that the soldier understands the nature of who he is. What amazes him is when he understands that he doesn't deserve anything. Can I tell us this morning how to have great faith? Can I tell you this morning how to impress Jesus? Understand your true condition. Romans chapter 3 says it like this. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Skipping ahead to verse 23. For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. So listen, I, I want us to lean in for a second. You want to know what impresses Jesus? And it seems kind of weird. But what impresses him is when I just understand who 
I am. That's it. This, this is crazy. You want to have great faith? Believe that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. That's it. That's it. All I have to do is believe I don't deserve anything. And that's a really hard thought because everywhere that we go, everything that we see, all the stuff, all the messaging that we get tells us that we deserve something. You deserve it. You deserve it. You, you want to have a great faith? Like the Roman soldier, understand I don't deserve anything. You want to know why? Like, Harrison, is it getting better? <laughs> you want to know why you don't deserve anything? Because all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. But here's the cool part. Because praise be to Jesus, there's a verse 24. It says, all fall sin, all fall short, but all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So here's the truth. Here's the answer to the question. What do I deserve? I deserve nothing, but Jesus gave me everything. Come on, somebody. I deserve nothing, yet Jesus gave us everything. Listen, because I know a lot of us, we try to make the balance sheet of life kind of equal out. Like, I want to believe I'm a good person, so I post whatever the hashtag is, hashtag stop hate. Like, Harrison, I posted the hashtag. I'm a pretty good person. Right? We volunteer. We give of our time. We give of our talents. We give of our treasures. We come to church. But try as we may, and we all know this to be true deep down inside. If I'm really going to weigh these things out, all of us have things inside of us. Pride, arrogance, hatred, envy. Like, y'all know that you guys, have, we've all done things that if anyone knew what we did, it would be like the end of us. And so try as we may, like when the, when the balance sheet of life is weighed out, the verdict is pretty simple. Not enough. Unworthy. Deserves nothing. But I love what he says. It says, yet through Jesus, all can be justified. I deserve nothing, yet Jesus gave us everything. You see, as we finish out this series and as we close out this year, I believe what I want us to do and what I, my call is, is to bring our hearts into an understanding of the goodness of Jesus. This whole season, everything that we do, the, the Christmas season is what I'm speaking about, is this idea that Jesus has given us everything. It's not about our faithfulness, but about his faithfulness. And in a moment, we're going to come up here and we're going to give. And the reason that we are giving is not to get anything. I want you to understand that there's nothing to get. There's no prize on the other end. We are simply giving because Jesus has given us everything. And it's a way to give him back something for the little that he's done. And I just, I really felt like this series, we called it Overflow. And I just felt like the reason that the Lord gave us this word was because truly, and I just believe it with my whole heart, that when you begin to follow Jesus, your life will overflow. 
And I know, listen, I know it doesn't always feel like it in the dark times, in, in the hard times, in the low seasons. But the promise is true nevertheless. Your life will overflow with Jesus. It's peace that passes understanding. It's times when like, it makes no sense that I have strength, yet I wake up each and every day. That's an overflow. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as our lives begin to overflow in this season, I want to understand that the only thing that we can do is to give him praise and worship in response. That's it. Can I just, I want to kind of, as we close this message, I just want to share what God has done in this church. Can I do that? And I hope this is powerful for you. If not, it's powerful for me. So I have to give praise to Jesus because he's given us everything. But um, I'll never forget the first service that we had um, in here back in, I think it was August 28th. And anyone here for the first service? A few people. Um, such an amazing moment and a long journey. And I remember during worship, we were singing a song called Jaira. And uh, Jaira is a Hebrew word, just means provider. And the whole song is the idea that God will provide. And in the bridge of the song, um, it's actually a scripture from Matthew chapter 6. But it just says, if Jesus or if he dresses the lilies, and, and the scripture goes, if he cares for the birds in the sky, like how much more does he care about us? And I remember during the worship, like we were just singing that bridge. I don't know who was leading it, but um, I just began to get emotional, and somehow Chase was creeping. And after, he's like, I saw you crying, bro. Um, and I was like, focus on the Lord, bro. But I was, just, I was just emotional in that moment because just to, to really live out the truth of those scriptures. The scripture, again, is that Jesus cares for the lilies in the field. He cares for the birds in the sky. Like, how much more do you think he cares about you? And so in that moment to see and, to, and just to, to, to be in, in, in a place where I could feel the goodness of Jesus, I was overwhelmed. And the reason I was overwhelmed is because I know for a lot of us, you know, you're, you're kind of newer to the journey. Maybe you don't know the whole story. But um, our church, we started in 2018, so four years ago. And the church started in our basement. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, we used to live in Edmonton in a duplex. And I wanted to show you guys a picture of my basement from the old house because we moved. Uh, but I couldn't find one, so... Hopefully someone has a photo somewhere of the basement for the records and the archives, but um, our church is four years old. Two years of our church were in COVID. And I just look back sometimes, and I'm just like, man, it is only by the grace of Jesus that we have come this far. It is only by his blessings. And you need to understand something. I am privileged to lead this church, but I do not deserve it. Yet Jesus chooses freely to give the responsibility. And for that, I'm forever thankful. And a lot of you guys, maybe you think like, I'm, you know, had a great grand plan when we started the church and had a whole bunch of training. Um, but listen, I was too young and too dumb for that. <laughs> and we had some help, uh, but can I be honest? You, you want to really know like how we planted the church? There is um, a church planting organization called ARC. Um, and again, I'm too dumb to partner with them. Um, but I found, and this is probably like in 2017 maybe, uh, I found some videos. It was like 10 videos how to plant a church. And so, um, it was uh, pa Pastor Chris Hodges, and they're really good videos. They're old videos. 
And I'll never forget in our old house, Christy and I just watched those videos. Uh, we took notes, and we probably followed like 40%. <laughs> Should have followed 100%. But like so much of what we do in this church like is accredited to those videos that we watched. Um, if you don't know this, like we do growth track. Growth track is not my idea. It's Pastor Chris Hodges where it comes from. I just changed it for our church, right? Like, um, and I look back and it's funny because if I talk to people that want to start a church, I tell them a lot of stuff and a lot of the advice I give them is like things that I wouldn't do uh, because we did it. And despite it all, like God has just blessed us abundantly. Like I look back and I'm like, man, <laughs> we watched a bunch of like things online and now we have a church and now we have our own building and now our team's growing and now people are making decisions to follow Jesus. We are only where we are by the grace of God. That's the point I'm trying to make. You guys understand that? It is only by the grace of God. There is nothing I have done. Listen, if it was about like maybe pastor prays a lot, listen, I gotta pray more. It's nothing I've done. It's all the grace of Jesus. And that's why I love today and I just feel today, especially in a year where God has given us so much, where we have our own church space, our own church home, where last week we got to assemble like 50 baskets for, for Christmas. And it's just, I'm so pumped that we get to give back to the God that's given us everything. But there's been a verse that the Lord's put in my spirit. It's Psalm 37. This is what it says, verse 21. It says, the wicked borrow and do not repay but the righteous give generously. One of the things when I read this verse that I felt the Lord speak to me, he said, Harrison, you're not gonna be a church that borrows blessings. And what that means is this, when God blesses us, we are to bless others. That's just how it works. And so listen, I watched those ARC DVDs, and um, then and some of you guys on our team have gone. Um, ARC has a, a branch in Canada. It's called ARC Canada. And so we went to the conferences as well just to learn more stuff. And it's funny. I'm just here to repent. But um, people on our team, like, they would be like, oh, are we a part of ARC? And my line was like, no, we just steal all their stuff um, <laughs> for free. But I felt, <laughs> I felt the Lord say this year that we're not going to be a church that borrows blessings. And so we made the decision to partner with Art Canada, um, and we, we wrote them a check um, a few weeks back for $3,600. And come on, we can clap our hands. But I want, you, I, want, I want us to understand why we did that. Number one is to pay back the blessing that they were to us. But it's also each and every year they plant other churches in Canada. And so I believe there's going to be another church planter that needs resources and I always say to people, because Brett used to say it to me, Brett would, Pastor Brett, he would always say, man, Harrison, you're going to go further faster. I want you to go further faster than I did. So learn from my mistakes. And so I want other church planters to go further faster. So we get to sow into them so they can have resources because of your generosity. Because we're not going to be a church, come on, somebody, that borrows blessings. When God blesses us, we're going to bless back. And so just a couple more things to share. Um, last year, we took a year-end offering, building blocks. And man, I'm gonna share some stuff from that in a moment. We're gonna give God a big shout of praise. But I have a pastor um, in Edmonton, and that day he, he, he texted us. This was last December. And he just said, uh, hey, Harrison, 
is your guys' church's year-end offering today? And I was like, yeah, it's today. Uh, and he's like, okay. He's like, there's a check in the mail for you guys for 1000 bucks." And I was like, thank you very much. And they sewed into our offering. Um, and so today, because we're not a church that borrows blessings, uh, we're going to sow into a few places as well. Uh, there's a church in Winnipeg, Manitoba. They're called Rose Church. And their pastor, Mark and Roberta, um, they're actually from here originally, um, at least at a time. They went to Vanguard. And they planted a church. Get this. We planted before COVID. They planted a church during COVID. They started online. Their first service was online. And currently right now, they meet in a movie theater. And they're hoping that they can move into a space kind of like this in this next year. And so... They just took an offering called Heart for the House that they're going to put towards a new building. And so I haven't even told them. I just mailed it. I don't think they've got it yet. But uh, this last week, we just sent them a check for $2,000 towards their year-end offering. Because we're not a church that borrows blessings. Now, if you guys remember, I told you guys that we paid for a curtain back there for $4,000. And I said, we're giving away $4,000. That's half of it right there. So we still have two more, 2,000 more to give away. And this one is one that um, the Lord's put in my spirit as well. If you guys don't know, before we were here, um, we rented from Victory Life Church. And uh, they gave us a home before we had our own home uh, for four years, really, three and a half years. And they were so gracious with us when we started. And, I always said we didn't have money, and so they gave us deals and discounts and all those things. And um, So I just felt like I wanted to bless them as well. And last time I was there, uh, they were uh, in the midst, and you guys remember Victory Life, those of you guys that were there. Um, they're in the midst of kind of changing their classrooms around. They're trying to, like, divide the space. They're trying to build some walls. And so they don't know it yet, but we're about to send them a check for $2,000 so they can build some walls. in their own church. And so the reason we're doing this is because God has been so gracious to us. And I want us to understand even more than that, here's the bigger principle, is that Kingdom Church, we exist to lead people to a real relationship with Jesus. I don't care if it happens here. If it happens in Winnipeg, if it happens on, I don't know what that is, like Northside St. Albert, (laughs) it doesn't matter. We're all on the same team. We're all trying to bring people to the same Jesus. And so when we take offerings like this, it's to bless St. Albert, it's to bless Alberta, it's to bless Canada, it's to, it's, to, it's to do more than we could ourselves. And here's the thing, because you need to understand I'm a pretty logical person. Uh, it doesn't come easy just to give away thousands of dollars. Uh, but there's a principle I want us to understand And so we're back to the soldier for a second because he talks about, uh, I don't deserve it. Then he says this again. um, He's like, that is why I didn't consider myself worthy to come to you. He says, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority and soldiers are under me. I tell one go, he goes. One come, he comes. I say to the servant, do this. He does that. And then you remember Jesus is amazed at his faith. You see, What's interesting about what he's saying, he's saying, Jesus, I understand how you work. He's like, I know how authority works. 
The reason he's okay for him to not come to his house, he's like, man, you are so high. You are so mighty. Like, I get it. When Jesus says go, things happen. When he says move, things move. And so one principle that I want us to understand is that we can never outgive God. When we choose to give, we will not run dry because we serve the God of the overflow. And so what we're doing and what I want us to do as we move forward into 2022 is I want us to begin not to rely on our performance, but let's start trusting God's power because his power and his authority has a way to do things that we could never think, dream, or imagine. And so listen, all of us in front of us, we have the envelope, that's for the offering. But we also have a faith card. And on the faith card, it's pretty simple on the back. All it says, it says in 2023, 2023, <laughs> I'm believing for blank. And what we're doing right now, we do this every single year as we give. We also are able to make a statement of declaration for what we think God can do. Now listen, if you're anything like me when it comes to faith cards, you don't want to write down what you actually want to write down because you're afraid it won't come through. But as I said, we don't need to worry about our own self-confidence we're talking about the God that has all power and all authority. And so all we're doing in faith is saying that God, in 2020, 20, oh my gosh, 2023, I'm believing for this. It could be a person that you want to come to faith. It could be something as simple as saying, in 2023, I'm not going to struggle with brokenness like I struggled in 2022. I'm not going to struggle with anxiety like I struggled with in 2022. And I'm believing in faith that when we come out, when we say things, when we believe big, God has this way of exceeding our expectations. So listen, I want to share a clip. Now this clip uh, is from last year and our year-end offering last year. So I want to share it and I want to update it because I want to show you guys the power of Jesus. So in the back, so can I share one if more we can queue up guys? the video, Prince, let's oh. make sure we in can hear it. Started again. Help. Thank you. So can I share one more goal with you guys? Um, in case you don't know, the building on the screen that I showed, um, the inside of it is completely empty. Like there's nothing in it. And so um, we've done some calculations just in terms of like how much money we need to raise in order to, to make the, the building happen. Um, and it's, it's going to be, and this number is going to fluctuate, um, but it's going to be give or take $140,000, which is a stretch. Now, there's different ways that we can make that happen. Um, you can take out a loan, line of credit, all those things, and maybe we'll have to do that. But I just want to say in front of us all today, um, I'm believing in faith that we can pay that whole thing off and not take any debt on this church. Now, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to happen next week. I don't know if it's going to happen next month, but I'm believing in faith that when we come together and we step out into the water, God will do more 
The Bible says, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, I read it to the team this morning, more than we could ever dream, think, or imagine. So I don't know what you can dream. I don't know what you can think. I don't know what you can imagine, but Jesus can do more. And so I'm just believing that he's going to do more in this season as we move forward. That means more lives are going to be changed, more connections, more people finding hope in the name of Jesus. He's going to make a way. And I'm just believing that he can do that. And I'm believing it because we're that church. We're that church. Come on, somebody. We're that church. So can I share one more goal with you guys? Um, no. In case you don't know the building on the screen that I showed. No, you can't. So in that clip, if you missed it, I'm just sharing. I was showing a picture of this building that was completely empty at the time. And I said, uh, we need to raise $140,000 just to, to build this stuff inside. Uh, and that's, this actually cost more than $140,000, but we had money put away before that. Um, and so we needed to raise one forty dollars to meet our goal. And if you guys can see in that video, I talked about, like, maybe we'll take our line of credit. <laughs> and that's just me. I told you guys. Like, I, you may think I'm a real faith person. I'm not. But sometimes I think the Lord wants us to declare things, much like we're declaring here, so we can look back and watch not what he did because of our faith, but what he did because of his faithfulness. And so can I share with you guys how much we raised? For this building, building blocks last year, uh, in the calendar year, we raised $182,000. And that's not with like some huge giant, like it was just everyone coming together and giving towards it. And here's the craziest thing. When we moved into this place last year, um, we increased our budget to the biggest budget we've had in our short history because this place costs more than the last place. And so our budget last year was scary enough. uh, And then we had to raise money on top of it. And so uh, we had the biggest budget in our church's history and we were also trying to get money towards this. Can I share one more crazy thing? Um, our budget for 2022 was fully paid off in November from people giving. So you want to know what that means? We're living in the overflow. And that's why I just am so happy for today because we get to give back to the God that's given us everything. And in a moment, I'm just going to invite the worship team to come up here. You guys can come up. What we're going to do, I believe in faith, we're going to sow some seeds. And so I don't know what it is that you're believing for, that you're hoping for in 2023. But I share these things not to let you know anything about money, because money doesn't really matter. It's just a tool that we use to build God's kingdom. And this building, I've always said, is nothing but a place where people can find Jesus. We don't care about anything else other than people being able to find hope in Jesus in this space. But what we're going to do right now in a moment, we're going to sow a seed. And I know a lot of us, we're prepared, and we know exactly what it is that we want to give to Jesus. And So I just encourage, as we sing this last song, um, we do have a moment where you can just come up and drop off your offering. And as you drop off your offering, I want to encourage you, put up your faith card on that wall. Because it's going to be a moment and it's going to be a declaration to believe that God's about to break something in 2023. And if you feel like you're not gonna remember what you wrote down, you can take a picture of your card before you put it up there. But I want that to be a monument to what God's gonna do. 
And so, can we just stand for a second, church? I want to declare something. We here are not building a church. In 2023, we're not building a church. Listen to me closely. What we're doing in 2023 is we're filling heaven. You guys didn't hear me. In 2023, we're not just building a church. We're going to fill heaven. And And so hear my words right now. I'm saying this in faith. In 2023, we are going to see more decisions. We are going to see more baptisms. And we are going to see more people come to faith than ever before. Because that is why we exist. And so right now, I want to just pray over this offering because we're sowing a seed for what God's going to do in this next year. So Jesus, God, I just thank you so much that we have the opportunity to give back to you right now. God, I just pray now for this offering, Lord. I pray that you take our small sacrifice and you do more with it than we can ever think, dream, or imagine. You are so good, Jesus. So God, take this as a token of our gratitude. God, thank you that although we deserve nothing, you've given us everything. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your mighty, your holy, your awesome name. Amen. Come on, let's worship together. Thank you so much for listening to that message. If you would like to participate in our year-end offering, head over to kingdomchurch.ca give. If you would like to give towards this offering, make sure that you earmark your offering, overflow offering. Thank you so much for sowing into this church. We're believing that God is going to do more than we could ever imagine. Until next time, take care.